0: Welcome to the Fight Endurance Podcast, Episode Two Hundred Six. Rob Jones, we share the same atmosphere, same podcasting studio today. We're sitting in the office. We're in the office. People are in and out. Hi, Boz. It's okay. Hi. <laughs> today, mate, is a interview show. It is. But first of all, let's catch up. We haven't done this. We haven't caught up in a while. We've
1: podcasted separately.
0: It's Tuesday. Just on track Tuesday, you ran the main set. I ran ran at five, did did an experimentation for some different sets in January. Secret sets. Secret sets. Do you want to share anything? Two by two, two by four, two by eight. One by one point six. Two by eight, two by four, two by two. Always one hundred easy between. Ah
1: I saw awesome. you I saw you running easy between Reps, I not nearly drop my laptop, but I wondered what you're doing. I was like, he's not doing the main set. And I was looking at the distances I was trying to figure it out, but I couldn't work out what you're doing. Yeah. It's almost the reverse of what we did today then. Close.
0: Mm. Close. Yeah. It's nice running at that time when you're when you feel up for it. The security guy was like, Do you want the lights on? I was like, Nah. <laughs> I don't. COP twenty eight, save the planet. Save the planet, there you go. Yeah. Hey, what else has been going on? You've been doing a lot of mountain biking. I have, yes. For your marathon. Yep, we tried to get into a man.
1: (laughs) Not enough running, far too much mountain biking, and a moderate amount of swimming. Marathon ready. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you've been, well, you tried to,
1: you did go to a man. We did, we went to a man once, and that worked out, that... (laughs) <laughs> Marcus wrote a very good article on it. Actually, I couldn't have written it any better. It was it was hands down the hardest climb I think I've ever done on a bike. Mm. It's it was relentless. Double shams, devil shams, yeah. yeah. And I just kept thinking to myself, these the guys that ride this in the uh, what are those races called? Biking the, man, the biking man. They do a thousand k and they hit that climb. Two hundred and fifty K into their race. Yeah, yeah. On gravel bikes, probably. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I still think, Christ, it's it's a
0: tough, tough climb. But well, they've probably trained for
1: it. Mm, well true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably, right? To be honest. I hope so. Um yeah, it's tough. I'm actually gonna head there next week. Yeah. On a on a solo mission. It's a very good climb. Twenty twenty three K, what, about sixteen hundred meters up? Mm. <laughs> yeah camp at the top altitude 2000 meters yeah apparently it's quite warm up there so i won't be taking a coat hat is needed i'll take a hat i'll take trousers a coat a fire i'll light a fire in dubai and just drive it with me all the way (laughs) (laughs) um yeah you've been you've been busy out there there's so much happening here at the moment
1: Field. I think too nice. that's why it's quite nice to go because there's so much happening you can get sucked up and caught up with everything so it was quite nice to go away and just mountain bike and not think about things
0: yeah and Heidi and uh, Hannah have been in the UK they've been away they come back
1: tonight so I'm on shopping cleaning cleaning washing change the bed sheets oh yeah all the usual stuff that you've got to do yeah, everything throw
0: away the tinnies <laughs> <laughs> clean the bins yeah Nice. De-skill sk- de- the bath, all that crap. We've got a uh, Abu Dhabi marathon coming up this weekend. Mm. Shout out to AB who's heading down there for a little bit of a redemption running. I hear. Redemption.
1: What else we got, we've got Craig doing it. We have um, Ian running it as well. Nice. It's quite a few, quite yeah. a few guys going down.
0: And then it's only three weeks till Dubai marathon. Three weeks to Dubai.
1: Yeah, and then actually the season is absolutely hectic from after like I think it feels like Abu Dhabi marathon kicks the season off
0: well yeah we normally have a rack camp to kick off the year but this year because Dubai marathon's on the 7th we won't have it in January because then yeah it's Dubai marathon then it's something else the next weekend rack triathlon I think yep then then after that it's is it DCS, Dubai's the Creek Striders coming out. Ber- Burge
1: to Burge, then Burge
0: Creek, to Brers, Striders, Creek Striders. Then we're into February. That's when we will put on a rat Camp.
1: Yeah, there is a High Rocks event on. There is... T- 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 by, uh, not Biking Man, there is Xterra at Ex, the start of March. That's start of March,
0: but there's 70.3 Muscat marathon. in Feb. It's
1: Jammers, uh, as well as all the Super Sports events.
0: Yeah, there is literally something every weekend, all the way up to the end of March, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's lots happening, which is great for us. But it's like you said, sometimes quite nice to take yourself off to a foreign country, sleep on top of a mountain, and ride your mountain bike for longer than you had any idea you were going to.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Or <laughs> under because all you've had is
1: steak. <laughs> <laughs> How no, much carbs and steak? No carbs. <laughs> no carbs and steak.
0: <laughs> you try and sprinkle some
1: MSG on there and hope for the best.
0: <laughs> We also have uh, a special Trackmas edition. Yeah, coming. this
1: was your idea. Uh, yes. So every year we do a Christmas. The gym does Christmas workouts. These do them every, well, they do them every week, you know, like a 12 days of Christmas style. So you do one rep and they do two reps, one reps, three rep, two rep, one rep, four, three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one, et cetera, like the 12 days of Christmas song. And every year we've done a, a track session, but we, for obvious reasons, we start at 1,200 metres and work our way down. Yep. You came up with a great idea of trying to build the full 12 days of Christmas track workout. Yes. And we're going to run it.
0: Yes. <laughs> I have a very special week coming up. I, so today I did track. Tomorrow we'll do Walker Wednesday ride. Thursday we'll ride long. Friday, I'm going for the Jebel Yanis King of the Mountain. Jebel Janis is... The climb we did together the other week. I was, no, I was hoping you'd explain it to what Ah, people. sorry. The back of Jebel Jace. <laughs> I know where it is. <laughs> back of Jebel Jace, there's a, a mountain bike <clears throat> climb that's it's a, over, just over 1,000 meters in about 20, 20k, I think. Yeah. And uh, I know what the KOM is, and I reckon on a very, very good day with some tailwind and two coffees, I reckon I can have a crack. Hit those inside corners. So I'm going for that. Then Saturday, you're going to ride with the group, normal group ride. Sunday, Massfoot race, mountain bike race in Massfoot, which is near to Hatter. Yep. We'll head over there. Then I'll drive straight to Oman, camp on top of Jebel Shams. Monday morning, ride my bike down Jebel Shams Mountain and go see the Ugandan man who will make me a coffee down in, I can't remember the name of the town now. Uh, Alhamra. Alhamra. Yep. Have some more caffeine and then gas myself up your favorite climb for however long that will take and then drive back to Dubai, get some kip and then run ultra trackmas Tuesday morning <laughs> and Wednesday I will sign off everything for a week. <laughs> 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 so the ultra trackmas, ultra
1: trackmas workout, we figured out if we do the full session, it's going to be just over 36k.
0: It's going to be beautiful.
1: So around three hours and seven minutes. I've scheduled in of running
0: yeah i didn't uh my first meeting tuesday is going to be at 9 a.m so the pressure's on you're gonna have to run it quick then i'll start at five i think okay yeah right yeah do a break to warm the guys up and then <laughs> <laughs> actually i'm on track you can just keep running you're on track are you i'm on track let's yeah. give it to skinny, okay because he's been away well yeah we'll give it to skinny running and- 233s in valencia Let's talk about Valencia. We haven't mentioned, have we mentioned Valencia? Maybe last week I did. Okay. I don't know though. That was cool though. I have a question for you.
1: People that are training over the holiday season, but have big races coming up in January, February, what should they do anything differently? Cause they're going to be drinking probably a bit more. They're going to be eating a bit more. Should they change anything up? You'll have to listen to next week's show. Okay. Thank you. What a setup.
0: What a setup. (laughs) Next week, we will talk all things training through the holidays. How to get away with drinking and eating. No, 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 no. No, no. You can't get away with it. But I think your mindset has to change a little bit. You have to understand what you want from the holiday period, what you want post-holiday period, and what your goals look like. So we will go through that next week. And I think, well, how many Christmas periods have you coached through now? Uh, it's been my fifth. Yeah, so you, you got some good experience of mm. of getting people through the Christmas period. You you must be double digits. Yeah, uh, sixteen. There we go. Yeah, Whew. but it's changed for me over the years. I think I used to think nonstop mm. Christmas Day. If you don't really spoil want it, it. don't spoil it. Well, now we'll save it for next week. <laughs> maybe change my mind with certain goals. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that show next week and then we'll take a break. we we'll take a break until we get into January and then obviously we've just announced the race. what's happening race-wise. It's going to be so many things to talk about. Yeah, on podcasts, but we've already mate. got guests booked in for the 2024 season as well, don't we? It's going to be a good year. I'm going to ask you year. one question before we get into your interview mm. with Kaz. Because we're taking a break after next week, you have to listen to next week's show, but then there's going to be a couple of weeks no... No podcast from us. What other podcasts do you listen to? Ooh, the one I
1: like listening to at the minute. I like, if I want to go with something really nerdy, I quite like sticking on the Huberman Lab podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, if I like something generally a little bit zenny, I do go with Rich Roll mm. quite often. Marcus's hero. <laughs> really hits him. Sometimes uh, <laughs> if I want to go, if I'm thinking about CrossFit, then I'll listen to Rich
0: Froning breathe.
1: <laughs> what is the CrossFit one I listen to called? I actually know the name of like it. Like AMRAP or something. Uh, let me pull it up uh, right
0: now. Skin on your hands is not needed.
1: Chasing excellence. Oh, there you go. Um, who else do I listen to? I can tell you right now. I listen to the Triathlon Hour. I sometimes listen to Modern Wisdom. Oof. I like Trail Runner Nation. Yeah. Finding Mastery. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Finding Mastery is good.
1: On coaching with Magnus and Marcus, and then rarely I listen to a Diary of a CEO. Oh yeah, rarely. Rarely. Most of the guys he has on, he has on talk a load of nonsense, mm. and I don't like how he believes everything they say.
0: If we, if true. we were to start a crossfit podcast, we'd call it uh, Skinless Palms. <laughs> so, coin that now we can save it we're, we're, we're <laughs> good right mate what's oh the interview <laughs> snap
1: yourself out of it what right, in- What's sorry. the interview today wild heart runners so wild heart runners um are a running community based just outside of glasgow in scotland the one of the founding members is uh, karen nickel Ultra Kazi on Instagram. She is one of Marx's clients, and she's setting up a run club. It's for all abilities, all genders, but she has a particular interest in helping women, helping women around their menstrual cycles, uh, helping them run and stay safe. Um, we talk about that. We talk about women's running. We talk about safety in running. We talk about training around menstrual cycle and how it affects how it affects women and their training um we talk about running with women as a man and are we asking the right questions lots of things we talk about backyard ultra because she is a, a very avid ultra runner we talk about it a lot it's a very good very good conversation awesome let's get into it so here is karen nickel from the wild heart runners karen welcome to the show I don't think I've said Karen. I think I always go to go Kaz. <laughs> I know yeah, you as Kaz. my
2: friends call me Kaz. Monsieur,
1: I, I will call myself a friend, even though I've only actually met you once in person. Yes. Amazing. So tell us, first of all, a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? Who are you in this crazy world of endurance? Because this is interesting. I like this story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my name's Karen Nickel, or Kaz to friends. Um, I'm 47 years old. I'm a chartered accountant. I'm a mum of two boys. So I've got Will I am um, who's 19 now, and Alex is 15. Um, I started running after Alex was born to lose the baby weight. Um, we're nearly there, Rob. We're about 15 <laughs> years in and we're just getting rid of the last few pounds, so it's been a long process. Um, Yeah, and I discovered ultra running quite early into my sort of running journey and just completely fell in love with trail running and the longer distances and, yeah, entered a couple of ultras and realised that that was most definitely a way of life for me. Um, It became much more than just running to lose the baby weight. You know, it became social life, community, what I love to do with my weekends. And, yeah, once you hear about different ultras the bigger and more crazier events come onto your radar and yeah it just sort of kick-started a process of being involved in endurance running which I love.
1: What was your draw to ultra running straight away versus start, starting small if you like I say small but starting with the shorter distances and then building mm. up what what was it about the ultra running and doing well, eventually we get to this, but Backyard Ultras that have drawn you in. What is it about yeah. that that was different to you?
2: Yeah, I did do a couple of um, smaller races first. I joined our local running club um, and I did some sort of 5Ks, 10Ks. Um, I did a marathon as well and at the running club one night I had um, noticed a magazine that talked about an event called the Devil of the Highlands and the Devil of the Highlands is an ultra um, in Scotland, it's on an iconic route called the West Highland Way Mm -hmm. Um, and I had never heard of the West Highland Way or ran on the West Highland Way but as I read about it I realised that I lived 10 minutes away from the West Highland Way so it just intrigued me that people could go and run this kind of distance so the Devil of the Highlands was 43 miles and the full West Highland way was 95 miles Um, and I just became completely intrigued that the, the body could do that, you know, it could allow you to go and run for that amount of time so one day when the boys were younger I dropped them at school and I decided to sort of pull up my big girl pants and head up <laughs> onto the West Highland Way myself filled with all these fears, you know that I was going to be abducted on the trail and I was going to be um, attacked by Highland cows and all these ridiculous fears that I had in my head because I had only ran on the road before so I wasn't comfortable at all going onto the trail but yeah I decided to go and I instantly fell in love with the West Highland way I just loved the free out on the trail and um, that different type of running you know the scenery here in Scotland is beautiful yeah. so yeah I just instantly fell in love with it and I did the Devil of the Highlands race and I did quite well in it and then I thought maybe I found something that I could be okay at and then I ran the full West Highland way and I just absolutely loved the experience and yeah then I started to think oh how far really could I go and got into the crazy world of Backyard Ultras so yeah it was falling in love with the trail and just being out there for a longer period of time that was the real draw.
1: The Is it there's a big difference, I think, between running something like the West Highland Way or running trail like a point-to-point trail race is so incredibly different from running backyard ultra. And mm-hmm. I think maybe we should talk about your backyard ultra achievements just in a second, but because they're quite staggering in themselves, you have some records, I believe. But oh, Thank you. What? It's very different running point-to-point to running in circles on the same course every hour on the hour. How do you find the adjustment between doing something that's so long and straight versus so circular? (laughs) It's probably the best way to describe um, it.
2: After the West Highland Way race, I did a local 24-hour trail event. Um, it was called Glenmore 24. So although it was a looped course, it was still on a trail. So it was really lovely and it was something quite different that I wanted to try yeah. and see how far I could go in 24 hours. Um, and again, that went quite well. And I liked the the thought of being on a loop. You know, my kids were still not that old then and they would come to races with me. Um, I went through a divorce so I was a single mum for a while so the boys would come along and being on a loop for me was good because it means I could get back and just check Mm -hmm. in on everybody, you know, like that mum thing would uh, kick in and I would be like, are the boys okay? Is everybody happy? And then I would go back out again for another loop. So yeah, it just suited the stage of life that I was on and I just enjoyed running loops and then I did a couple of track races. So I did six hours on the track. Um, I did 12 hours on the track. I've not done 24 hours on the track yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list. Yet. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I received an email one day about this thing called the Backyard Ultra and I think because I had done okay on looped events they had got in touch with me and asked me if I would be part of something called the Four Nations and run for the Scottish team in the Backyard Ultra. Um, I had never heard of Backyard Ultras I knew it was a loop and I just thought yeah I can do looped running that's fine and yeah little did I know that that was the the door open for this crazy world of backyard running so <laughs> yeah it was quite different but it was something that i enjoyed doing i loved the comfort of running on a loop and i still do
1: amazing you're very humble here but you i believe you have the is it the british record hmm. for backyard british ultra running record. british female yeah. record for backyard ultra running so it's not just a whim you're actually quite good at this stuff <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have Marcus to thank for that, actually. Um, I reached out to him, I think it was after my second backyard. And the first one that I had done was in Ireland Mm. over at Castle Ward. And I had sort of set myself a goal of being able to run for 24 hours, which I now know you should never do in the backyard because (laughs) you shouldn't have a goal. But at the time when I was all naive and thought it was just similar to a normal race, I thought, I'll set a goal for 24 hours. And I hit 24 hours, and what did I do? I stopped stopped because obviously I had achieved achieved my goal. Um, But there was a guy who won the race out there in Ireland, a guy called Keith Russell. That's right. Um, And that sort of opened up an avenue where I wanted to find out how could Keith run so well? How was he able to stay so calm in the race? You know, he was so composed and his race was just amazing. And he won the event at Castle Ward and has gone on to do phenomenal things, as you know. But um, once I started to follow Keith on social media, I seen that he was coached by this guy called Marcus Smith. And I thought, oh, I wonder what Marcus knows about backyards that could maybe help me. And I reached out to him and yeah, He's helped me um, improve massively in the backyard, which I'm super grateful for. Um, and not just like the physical side of running. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it was based on mindset. And um, to go into that type of race and it is a complete switch and focus in your mindset. And yeah, we worked a lot on that, and that definitely made a big difference. And yeah, I just fell in love with the backyard format. Still do so.
1: The been it's- great. I think people really underestimate how much your mind plays or how big a role your mind plays when you start running. Even marathon distances, if, mm. you know, if you're off the pace and your mind starts to say, oh, do you know what, I can't do this, it's very hard to come back from. I think mm-hmm. the guys that run, especially in the World Championships, that's just happened for five days, basically, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm Like the amount of times they must have gone into, I call it the valley of despair, and then picked themselves (laughs) back up again out the other side. It's just, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah.
2: And one of the things that Marcus taught me was to be able to do that in a race environment, you need to practice it in life. Yes. You know, if we wanted to race calmly. Um, We had to be calm in day-to-day life and I think when I first got in touch with Marcus, um, he got me to a T, you know, I think he realised that I was operating on a super high cortisol level, you know, Mm. I was like, I want to do this and I want to do this and do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, like 10 million miles an hour and he was like, Kaz, we just need to like calm (laughs) everything down You know, and when I think back to my first backyard at Castle Ward, my husband Scott always supports me. And, you know, I would come in in the loop and you have to sort of turn around within the hour. So I would come in and I would be like, Scott, we need to get this sorted and I need this and hurry, 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 hurry. You know, and we'd be like proper stressed. Whereas Marcus changed all of that. And he was like, we need to be calm in day to day life if we want to race calmly. Um, and it just made a huge difference. You know, the things that we put in place to practice in day to day life that I was then able to take into the race when I did get the record. And yeah, it just made a huge difference. So I'm super grateful to him for that.
1: Amazing you are now or you have i believe already started up a new running i was going to call it a project but i'm going to say it's like a community slash coaching company
2: Mm -hmm. called Uh,
1: wild hearts running yes tell us about that
2: what's that stemmed or
1: where's that stemmed from
2: Yeah, we've just recently launched actually Wild Heart Runners and you're completely right. It is a coaching and community based business. Um, We coach both male and female athletes and welcome both into our community. Um, It's my friend Debbie and I that set it up. But we have a real passion about supporting female athletes specifically. Um, Through my involvement in the backyard, it became quite apparent to me that there was a very small proportion of females that operated at the sort of top end of backyard running. Um, So, for example, when the UK team was selected for the World Championship satellite competition, um, it was 15 men that were on the UK team and there were no females um, so I had just missed out on a spot because I hadn't ranked as highly up as the, the 15 top performing males. Yeah. And I sort of reached out to the organisers to say, look, is the selection process fair here because obviously males and females are different and all other races recognize that difference and do have separate categories, but the backyard didn't. Um, And I got a reply back to say, well, there's no difference between male and female performance in the backyard because speed and strength and endurance are not as important Mm -hmm. because you just need to get around that loop in an hour. Um, I strongly disagreed with that and I wrote back to say that I strongly disagreed with it. But it also sort of kick-started a process where I wanted to learn more. You know, I did know that male and female athletes were different, but it kick-started this real desire to understand it better. So I did some qualifications. So I did my ultra-coaching qualification, and I did a couple of female-specific qualifications to understand the female body and how we need to train differently. Males um, and also being a woman of a certain age, I just did a course on menopause and how menopause and perimenopause can impact on female athletes as well. And the more knowledge that I gained, um, the more I wanted to share it with people, you know, because at 47 years old, I didn't fully understand my hormones and how they impacted day to day life and my training But from doing the learning and the courses, I did start to understand it. And I thought, you know, there's a big gap in the market here. There's a lot of females that probably don't fully understand their biology and don't use it to work in their favour when they're training. Um, And that was a big driving force behind Wild Heart Runners. You know, we wanted to create this environment where we could empower women to improve their performance by understanding their biology, knowing how they should train differently, um, training around their cycle and tracking symptoms. You know, there was loads of things that we could do to overcome some of the barriers that maybe do prevent females from training or competing and you know it wasn't just hormonal barriers, we started to understand when we were working with females that there's loads of barriers, you know like safety is a big issue as well it really surprised me that some of the females that we worked with didn't feel comfortable running on the trail on their own, you know Mm -hmm. they wouldn't go on a secluded trail to do their training run and that really sort of was restricting their ability to train, um, time constraints were a huge barrier as well you know lots of females are busy working mums and they try and sort of juggle everything in day-to-day life with their training and I know that obviously there's some guys that do a great job at that as well, I'm not just saying it's female specific, but I think the lion's share of the childcare and sort of day-to-day housework does lie with the females, so we've seen that there was lots and lots of barriers that females were trying to overcome and we wanted to create this community and coaching business that would just give people a place to connect and talk about it and share experiences and see if there are ways that we could help overcome some of these barriers, so yeah, it's been amazing to get the feedback that we've got so far we've been sort of inundated with inquiries and support um so yeah i think it's going to be something that's gonna gonna take off and we're enjoying spending time on it
1: so many ways i want to go with this i'll start with let's start with the female system and how females function first of all because Mm -hmm. i i think Lots of the athletes that I coach, many of, many of the female athletes I coach don't even understand their own system. They don't, don't understand yeah. what stage or what phase they are in their menstrual cycle. They don't understand how it affects performance. And purely because they've never been taught. And as yeah. a, if you like, whenever I grew up in school, I was never taught anything about female mm-hmm. reproductive systems or female cycles. Even when mm-hmm. I got my coaching qualification, it was skimmed over. As a very mm-hmm. quick module. So if you want to learn about it, you have to actively go away and read around it. Um Dr. Stacey Sims has great stuff out there at the minute. And we it's
2: amazing.
1: she uh she puts on free workshops and uh, seminars and things you can join. It's it's phenomenal. So the information is out there, but people necessarily aren't finding it. So break it down for us very simply. Give us like a, a 101 on the female cycle of a month when they should perhaps look at training what it should look like when's good when's not good i know it's very individual but can you generalize for us
2: yeah sure and i think the first thing to say is that most females don't know, you know, and I didn't know either. Um, and we've had that feedback. Like we've had people say to us, I'm really embarrassed to say that I don't understand my cycle. And we're like, don't be embarrassed. You know, we don't understand because we weren't taught. You're completely right. Yeah. And even when I did my ultra running qualification, you're right. There was a tiny little module on it. Um, but there is information out there and that's what we want to share. So, and yeah, the, I guess the sorry, cycle can, as well, sorry. The,
1: if, they're, if people are embarrassed to, to say that they don't necessarily understand their own cycle, then they're not going to be able mm-hmm. to share that with their coach. Mm. And most, mm-hmm. I mean, predominantly, I would maybe not so much anymore, but the majority of coaches that I know are men, and then maybe a yeah. female athlete doesn't want to share that to their male coach, or maybe they feel uncomfortable yeah. talking about it. So I know I like to bring the subject up with my female athletes and say, Great. we will train around your cycle, so we need to know when that is. We can slot it into training peaks, you can put in a P for whatever day you start and we can figure it out from there and it'll be very back and forth it just needs to be normalized
2: i guess 100% 100% and that's what I found out when I did the course I did a brilliant course with a company called Well HQ and they had done some research that almost 90% of females are impacted by symptoms that impact on their performance during their cycle and um, but less than 50% of those females felt comfortable talking about it wow. um, and that was a big driving force for us you know we wanted to create that platform where people could discuss it and could say look I don't know at all and we could empower them with the knowledge so that they could understand their biology better. So we can basically break the cycle down into two halves. Um, The first half is mainly dominated by our hormone that's called oestrogen. And when I talk about the first half of your cycle, that day one is when you start your period. So day one is like the first day of your bleed. So from day one up to, say, day 14, roughly, I mean, all females are different. And that's why tracking and training peaks is super important. But roughly for the first half of your cycle, oestrogen is the hormone that dominates. And oestrogen is our hormone that gives us our motivation. You know, it gives us our get up and go, it gives us energy, it makes us super confident. And that's the stage of your cycle where you want to be training hard. You know, so you should be doing your intervals during that stage of your cycle. Your strength training, you can lift heavier weights during that stage of your cycle. Your long endurance runs, it would be great if we could slot them in in those two weeks because your body is biologically able to cope with high stress resilience during that stage of your cycle. So the first half, oestrogen dominates. And then when we go into the second half of your cycle, it's progesterone that takes over. And progesterone is our calming hormone. You know, so that's the one that will say to us, right, we just need to take everything a little bit easier here. And we're definitely not saying don't train because we don't want to have two weeks of our cycle where we don't train. That's just not possible if we want to improve in our running. But we're saying let's adapt things, you know, let's maybe run a little bit easier easier during that stage of our cycle let's lift lighter weights or maybe let's replace our strength training with some yoga um, just to sort of try and calm the mind and the body a bit better Um, and generally just take it a bit easier Mm -hmm. in the second half of your cycle so the first half we kind of call the power phase it's when we're strong, we're motivated we've got lots of energy Um, on day 12 we also get the added bonus of testosterone so testosterone again gives us increased motivation and energy it's also a stage of your cycle where it's great to build muscle because it's the only stage of the cycle that the female body gets a boost of testosterone so from sort of day 12 onwards we want to be lifting a little bit heavier you know we want to be at our peak training um, and then we get a sort of drop in hormones between roughly day 16 and 19 and um, again everybody's different so tracking is super important to understand it but during day 16 to 19 we can start to feel you know a little bit more tired a little bit more fatigue for me. Day 18 is always like my super tough day of my cycle. Um, and I'll pop that on training peaks. You know, I'll say to Marcus, Well, oh, I'm on day 18 today, I really did not feel like doing anything. You know, I'll still go and do something, but I'll maybe cut back a little bit yeah. or I'll let them know that I don't want to do a particular session on that day because it doesn't work with my cycle, and we can just adapt it and um, to make things happen. So yeah, it's super important that we start to track a lot of female athletes don't have a cycle either so they might not have a bleed for various reasons Um, and that doesn't mean we can't track you know we can still track symptoms so we can track like how they're feeling on those particular times of the month and again that can give us a rough idea of where they maybe are in their cycle so if you're super tired, lacking motivation lacking energy you know there's not something wrong with you it's not you being lazy and not wanting to train there's a biological reason that you feel like that um, because the female body is basically built to reproduce and our whole cycle is built around this concept of trying to reproduce and have a baby and obviously most months that's not happening but the hormones still flow through our cycle with that purpose and we just need to understand those hormones and work a bit better with them yeah
1: amazing that's super clear I think everybody can understand. Yeah, could we could go on for <laughs>
2: forever. We could go on for forever, Rob, because I love I love everything that I've learned about it and how powerful it can be as well, you know, to to help your training and just to let people understand what's happening and I think when we have knowledge we're definitely empowered to make better decisions with knowledge. So, definitely. yeah.
1: What do you think the biggest misconception is for men and women around the female cycle?
2: Um, I think a lot of people overlook that there is a huge difference between men and women. As I say, yeah. that was something that I discovered when I started competing in the backyard. You know, it was just this general concept that there is no difference between men and women and they can compete on an even keel in the backyard, and that's most definitely not true, you know, because we do have different hormone levels. We do have smaller hearts, smaller lungs. You know, there is a huge difference between the male and the female body. So I think maybe a lack of understanding and it's not through blame you know we're not saying like this is anybody's fault you mentioned that we weren't taught you know like we weren't taught when we were brought up that there are these massive differences between males and females so it's not about and blame it's about let's forge out a better future where we can understand it and we can empower females to improve their performance by knowing that they're different and being different is okay you know
1: it's very interesting, the the debate about having segregated sporting groups, especially with regards to running, because I think the Backyard Ultra must be the only running competition, if you like, that goes for that long that has that, it's, it's one group and everyone's ranked mm-hmm. based on their final performance, irrespective of mm-hmm. whether they're male, female. Um, if you look at all the other professional runs, marathons, mm-hmm. half marathons, there is a male category and a female category, Yeah, even to the point where they run at different times Mm -hmm. in their own groups but that just doesn't happen in backyard and i think back to even just the percentage of the female athletes that competed when i went to greece recently Mm. was minuscule in comparison Uh, camille heron won that outright set a new record but the even just looking through the field the majority were were men Mm -hmm. and i think that's I'm not sure is that because there aren't as many female runners in long distance running or in ultra runs? Is it just that it's still a male dominated sport and will that change? I, I don't yeah, know.
2: I think the longer you go, you see a bigger gender gap. You know, we see mm. a more equal sort of starting field now on some of the shorter ultras. Um, but the longer the race goes, so you're talking about Spartathlon, you know, that's a long distance, really tough ultra. Um, and when we get into those sort of longer distance, you know, like the spine race, the backyard, we do see a much lower proportion of women competing in those races. Um, You mentioned the world champs for the Backyard Ultra out at Tennessee. You know, there was four females to 71 males that competed out at that event. And I think that really highlighted that there was a huge difference between um, the number of females and males that are performing. Um, Some people still argue that There is no difference, but I think you can't argue with math. You know, if you look at that start list, there's four four females and there's 71 males on it. So, yeah, I think, again, it highlights the barriers to females. The longer we go in endurance running, then it doesn't lend itself as easily to female athletes as it does to males. And it's not just the hormonal barriers, you know, it's time away from home. It's time away from the family. It's confidence as well, you Mm. know, like I think a lot of males would maybe enter a race and feel super confident that they would complete it but a female athlete would need to know that she was able to complete it before she would put herself out there so yeah I think there's loads of barriers that that prevent females from competing in the longer distance stuff but it's good to see the gender balance is better now at the shorter distance and it's great to see a lot of um, race directors really taking it on board and encouraging female athletes into their races um, in the UK, we have a, an organisation called She Races, and they really focus on how can we encourage more female athletes into running and ultra running. And it's just little things like making sure that they feel secure, maybe at night time, so maybe having safety runners that would run mm-hmm. with them at night time, um, having female toilets available during races, maybe having admin in the female toilets. You know, sometimes when we put our body under stress your period can start unexpected during a race so just the the fact that they're starting to think about things like that for females and encouraging them into the ultra running community is a big step forward um and that's where we want it to continue to go yeah it's
1: really good one thing you you mentioned at the start there was safety um Hmm. when i it was interesting when i came back from greece steph asked me a question Steph one of our, our female running coaches who runs ladies run club she asked me a question yeah it's
2: amazing what they do it's amazing it's what so you guys good. do out there and it's what just, Steph does is just the dream that's what we would love to just, have I think it's a brilliant Scottish community version of that. that you have amazing. absolutely she does great stuff it's amazing
1: and she, asked, she asked me a question and I had to really think about the answer and the question was if you've ever run in a race or you've been out for a run and you've run next to a woman and started talking to her because i mean i'll talk to anyone i'll just run up beside people and just start chatting but she said have you ever asked permission to talk to someone during a race or during a training run and i thought about it i thought actually i probably haven't and then it brought up the question well would they feel comfortable to tell you they don't want to run with you? Would they feel comfortable to run with you, given the the safety issues going on at the minute? And there was a there was a big push for it in the UK after I can't remember her name, um, but there was a few women that got that got killed yeah uh, whilst out for a run. And actually, recently Tom Evans even, I know, oh, he's a man yeah. was in training for U- UTMB ultra trail cape town and got attacked and mugged on the mountain the day before the race or two days before the race and decided not to race but i just thought actually i never i can't think of a time i've said oh is it okay to run with you do you feel comfortable running with a man i just always run and talk (laughs) and don't give it a second thought
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i think so i mean that wouldn't bother me and I think it goes back to the fact that everybody's different you know if I was out in a race and you ran up next to me and started chatting to me in the trail in the dark I would be quite happy you know I wouldn't feel concerned about that because you're a runner and I'm a runner and we're out doing the same thing Yeah, but it does does put some females off for sure and again that's something that we've identified through the work that we're doing with wild heart runners is that everybody does feel different about it um and some people would be really concerned if a male started running next to them you know and we've had examples of where females have tried to sort of lose the guy you know like <laughs> deliberately stopped for the toilet or stopped to tie their shoelace you know and this person just stays with them and they feel super uncomfortable about that. Yeah. And that's no one's fault, you know, like as you're saying, you wouldn't think anything wrong of that. But it's just, again, it's communicating it better, isn't it? It's yeah. just being able to turn around and say I would much rather run on my own, you know, and empowering females to know that that's okay to say that, you know, if you want to be on your own, you want to be on your own, and it's okay to let people know. But I think again, just opening up the conversation so that males do know that it's something maybe just to consider, like just to consider, given that that voice and that choice, is it okay that I run next to you, or would you rather you would you rather be on your own? So yeah.
1: Quite often the women that I'm running with are faster than me anyway, so uh, they can shoot off or I don't last very long before they've run off into the distance and I'm just left in a pack of dust behind.
2: Yeah, but it did amaze us when we found out that some females are just literally terrified to be on the trail. And um, that's a big thing that we want to, that's a big barrier that we want to overcome with the community. You know, so we want to be able to organise group runs and get females together. As I said, what Steph does with Ladies Run Club out there is just brilliant. I love being able to follow that on social media. um, And we are looking to bring people together. We've organised our first social run. In Luss um, in a couple of weeks' time, and we've got fifty-five people that have signed up for it. You know, to go up one of the hills in Luss um, somewhere that probably a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable doing it on their own. So let's go together, you know. And it's not just for females; it's open to everybody to come along in that group run. Um, And we're hoping that we can start to give people a bit more confidence that they can say that they can go and do stuff like this, and maybe just give them the connection that they can meet up with people. Pull and do it more
1: often yeah I have a question for you maybe a controversial question do you think the fear of running alone on trails do you think it's irrational or do you feel that it's where do you think it comes from because mm. probably where you're out running in Loss I know where that is in Loch Lomond uh, it's about 45 minutes north of Glasgow mm. you could go out there and maybe Nine times out of ten, not see another soul. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you could run in the streets of Glasgow, and you're probably yep. far more likely to encounter whoops and cheers and people heckling you, rather, you know, yep. than
2: yeah, you're completely right, and yeah, I think it's a it's an understandable fear you know we need to be empathetic to it if people feel that way they feel that way and we can't change the way that they feel but what we can hopefully do is give them confidence that if they go out with a group of people you know we could take them up that hill and we could show them like you've just said you know this is a really safe place for Mm. you to be and for you to run Um, and like right at the beginning when we chatting and I said I went on to the West Highland Way on my own for the first time I was genuinely terrified you know I don't know where that came from but the thought of going out on a secluded trail um, what always sort of goes through my head I'm better now but it's always like I'm a mum with responsibilities, you know I've got two boys that rely on me so I'm not going to put myself in danger because there's no way I want to risk not being around for my kids or not even getting back on time, you know, like not anything as extreme as getting abducted or yeah. um, battered by a Highland cow, you know, but like <laughs> what if I get lost and I'm not back for the school running time, so yeah. maybe I'll just decide to to run in the tarmac instead because it's safer, so yeah, I think we just have understanding understandable fears and if we can help people overcome those fears by letting them see that running on the trail and running in the hills is safe um, and that there's precautions that you can take to make sure that you do run somewhere where you will be okay on your own and if you don't feel okay on your own then let's bring together this community of people where we can hook up and do it together. But yeah, you're right, running in the streets can be more scary. You know, I did a, a backyard simulation training weekend where I had to stop it. I think it was two in the morning because... There was a fight that broke out and there was police around everywhere, you know, in our sort of local area. And I just did not feel comfortable being out there as a female on my own when I could hear police sirens and I knew that there was something untoward happening. And rational me, when I now look back at it, I think... Well, if there's a fight going on, they're not going to come after a perimenopausal 47-year-old ultra runner. You know, they're not interested in me at all. But in that moment when there was sirens and there was fear, you know, I didn't want to put myself in that situation. So So I came home and I stopped my run. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah.
1: I guess it comes the you're trying to bring it almost back to what Marcus has taught you when you start training for backyard is to bring the calmness back to running yeah. versus going out and feeling anxious all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing that actually running is okay. And mm-hmm. we get sold the story of worst case scenario all the time. It's never, yeah. here's the millions of people that went out and had a fantastic run and nothing mm-hmm. happened. It's always, mm-hmm. here's somebody went for a run, got hit by a bus. Mm -hmm. don't go running because you'll get hit by a bus and it's scaremongering almost isn't it but trying to show people that it is Mm -hmm. okay
2: yeah absolutely and I think once we know that it's okay and we've done it a couple of times it gives us the confidence to go and do it again you know I'm completely fine running on the trail on my own now I would go up a hill no problem myself I wouldn't do it in the dark because I'm scared of the dark still and that would concern me Um, but yeah I've gained more confidence just through experience and trying it. and as you say the more that you do it you realise actually it is okay and nothing bad is going to happen and just switching your mindset as well to, to think that it is a completely safe thing to do you know yeah. going out and running on your own um, is okay and as long as you put precautions in place and you let people know where you are and you carry your phone and you have a backup plan then it's okay to go and do these things and just trying to empower people that that, that is true
1: Yeah. The irony there is probably the only people, the only weirdos out in the trails in the middle of the night are going to be the ultra runners <laughs>
2: <anyway>. <laughs> You pass someone and you're like, you're training for a backyard yeah. <laughs> Why are you out in the morning? Race- and- yeah do you know Marcus Smith? Yeah, you know them
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Tell okay. us more then. So the Wild Hearts Running, it's uh, coaching, it's community, it's it's teaching women how to run, when's best to run, individuality around their cycles, safety. How How is it set up? How is it going to work? Do you need to be local in Scotland to join? I know you said you got 55 signed up to that first run. Mm-hmm. Can people from different countries join into the community and do seminars or coaching calls? How does it work?
2: Yeah I mean as I say we're still at the very early stages and um, we only launched a couple of weeks ago so the fact that we have like over 50 people on our first group run is just phenomenal um, so yeah we're, we're definitely going to be building a bigger community online that people can join um, and we would love them to join. Our intention is that we will do workshops you know where we can share knowledge. I know that obviously we've only spent maybe five or ten minutes talking about it today but just teaching people about their cycle teaching them about their hormones you know a lot of ultra runners that are female are in the sort of 40 plus bracket so let's help people to understand the impacts of perimenopause and menopause as well and we want to do different sessions on things um, that we will put out to the community through an online platform so yeah we would love people to join that Um, the coaching side of things is also done online so we obviously have a limited amount of people that we can take on board coaching um but the community is open to everybody and it's something that we definitely want to expand and just empower people through knowledge to to increase their performance by understanding their biology and how they can work with it instead of letting it work against them yeah amazing
1: amazing amazing. when is your when is this first group run the first social run happening
2: It's the 16th of December, so um, in Scotland at the moment we've got snow on the ground. It's freezing! (laughs) It's minus two today, so it's only going to get colder. Um, Yeah, so it's in a couple of weeks' time on the 16th of December, so we're, we're really looking forward to it. And, you know, we've left it open that... People can just come and do a walk if they want to. You know, Wild Heart Runners is not just for ultra runners. It's open to everybody. Yeah. Um. One of the females that I'm working with just now, um, she used to be a runner, and then COVID hit, and she lost all of her confidence. And then she hit perimenopause, and didn't understand what was going on because lots of females don't, you know, mm. and it's not their fault. We just don't have the knowledge. Um. And she was in like a. Really That she couldn't get herself out the door, so hadn't ran for a couple of years, and she joined Wild Heart Runners. And, you know, she's now out running 5K, which is just amazing. She's feeling good about herself again. um, And, the group run, although some people might not go and do the full loop that does include um, quite a bit of distance and elevation. You know, we can just go and do a hike. We can hike to the top of the hill and come back down again. So it's open to everybody. It's not just ultra running specific and, we want to give people that confidence. You know, we want to say, yes, you can get back and do this. And as we know, you know, running brings huge advantages to to our lives. It makes us better. I think that's one of the, the inner fight values, isn't it? it? Let's make people better at life. And you guys definitely do that. You know, Marcus has made me better at life, and I'm super grateful for that. And wouldn't it be lovely if we could pass that on to other people and just make their life better through that ability to get out and run or hike or connect and just be with people Um, oxytocin is our top tier hormone um, in the female body and oxytocin we get through connection and empathy and love and understanding so again it's about let's boost those hormones that we can let's get them to work in our favour and yeah let's just get everybody out there and have a great time on the hill whether you do the full loop whether you come a hike up and down or whether you just come to the cafe and have cake after you know it's open to everybody so we're really excited Minus two
1: will you be going for a a dip in the lock?
2: There is an optional Wim Hof experience (laughs) (laughs) so oh, we very much will be doing the dip in the <laughs> loch Rob yep we're looking forward to that oh, God, I well, don't know why I
1: even asked, asked. <laughs> of course you will
2: <laughs> yep so um, we're going the hike or the run first and then the, the optional dip in the loch and then off to one of the local co- um, cafes for coffee and cake which which will be lovely amazing
1: yep. how can anyone listening find you Instagram right I think it's probably the best place yep. and they can sign up yep. to that They run on the 16th through your Instagram link tree, I believe.
2: Yes, Uh so we're on Instagram just at Wild Heart Runners. We also have a Facebook page. Um, We have a sort of Facebook group where we're posting things as well. Um, Again, it's just Wild Heart Runners. And yeah, we have an email address as well if anybody wants to connect privately you know if there's something specific like maybe somebody's listened to this and said god i've hit perimenopause and i feel awful can you help me absolutely get in touch you know the more knowledge that we can give out to people and the more that we can make um that experience more bearable then yeah get in touch with us so instagram email um facebook just reach out in any way that you can
1: amazing i think it's huge like the way you've I know we only spent a short period of time on it there, but the way you break down or broke down the cycle there, very, very simply. I think there'd be Yay. lots of men listening to this and lots of women maybe that I thought, mm-hmm. I didn't like, That was, that's so simple. Like the first, mm-hmm. first half, I can train a little bit harder. The second half, I ease off a little bit and Mm -hmm. that's even the basics like that knowing that is huge for lots of people yeah many won't know it
2: has it's been great yeah it's been really great and we again we've had guys who've got in touch with us through private message on instagram and they've been like I'm really embarrassed to say I didn't know that and I've never Mm. understood that and I have a wife that runs and we're like look don't be embarrassed because we didn't know either and we're females it's our body you know but if we can help you understand and we see it with the girls that we're coaching you know that they'll write comments on their training peaks oh I felt great today and those intervals felt amazing you know and I look down and I see right what day are their cycle on and I'm like okay it's day 12 that's why it feels amazing Um, and we can just reply back to them and say that look this is your biology working in your favor and please remember this when you get to day 25 and the run doesn't feel good it's not you and it's not your performance you know Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you've done in training that's made you a poorer runner because sometimes that's what we think don't we we just blame ourselves and we think well I was rubbish today but you know it's not that it's now because your hormones have switched and that's why you're not feeling as great Um, and just allowing people to understand that has made a big difference on the way that they're approaching training and the way that they think about it as well and if we can if we can increase that knowledge for more and more people then great it's just going to make such a big difference for the way that we perform in sport and also in life as well Rob you know like if we are married and we have a husband let's just talk to them about it you know Scott my husband and I we do that now I'll say to him darling I'm on day 18 and I'm completely wiped here and he'll be like okay just go to your bed and sometimes I crawl into bed at half 7 at night because that's just what I need to do in that moment um, and And I know that in a couple of days, that'll pass, you know, Mm. and I'll feel much better. But just opening up that communication um, makes it a lot easier in life and not just in sport as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Only good things can happen from sharing more.
2: Definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think the more that we learn and encourage other people to understand it too, you know, I've got two teenage sons. Mm -hmm. I talk to them about it. You know, they squirm when I mention that they're like, (laughs) oh, mum. But it's super important that they know, because as you said, we don't get taught it in school. You know, nobody sits us down and helps us understand. You know, I've explained to the boys like mum's going through perimenopause and it means that sometimes I might feel a bit off and I might get a bit shouty and angry because my hormones are are imbalanced but that's nothing that you've done wrong you know that's on me and i just need you to understand it a bit better um and i think if they can learn that then that's just going to set them up better for life you know when they meet someone and they have someone in their life that's going through changes if they know about it because i've taught them then surely that can only add to to life so yeah it's super important to to talk about it
1: Amazing. Karen, thank you very much for your time. I think you're doing incredible things over there. And uh, I can't wait to see how many of these 55 runners <laughs> go for a dip with you in Loughlin on this first run. I mean, no, uh-huh. incredible. Getting 55 people to, to a first session, it, it can only grow from there. You'll, yeah. be, you'll have a huge community before you know it.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to, it. and I think the cold water thing's really taken off here as well. I mean, there's lots of benefits that cold water brings to your body too. So yeah, we're hoping that lots of people do brave it. I might be there in my wetsuit, mind you, in my <laughs> no, and my gloves
1: and my boots. No, 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 no.
2: But I'll be there.
1: <laughs> not a chance. No, you're not getting a, You have to go in your running clothes, straight in, straight out. Get the dry yeah. robe on, and then in for a coffee. That's how it's done.
2: Yeah. Yeah, speak we'll to uh, speak to Simon
1: at Inner Fight Endurance Ireland. He'll tell you all about that.
2: Oh, really? Is he the good person <laughs> they, to know? Well, they li- they live the down knowledge. in
1: Greystones right on the coast, so they go in for dips uh-huh. after every run. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. We look forward to watching the Wild Heart Running community grow and grow. And Thank you. no doubt we'll have you on again to talk more about Females, female athletes, female running, body positivity, cycles, everything.
2: Yeah, it's all the stuff that I love to talk about, Rob. So <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be very happy to, to keep going on about it. There's just so much to learn and so much to understand. So,
1: so we'll break yeah, it up. we're looking for, for more shows so we can break it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for
1: giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Very welcome. Always happy to have you. Your shining beam of light
2: thank you in the
1: dark of (laughs) scotland right now (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) daylights just breaking now
1: (laughs) (laughs) amazing thank you very much
2: thank you